Hey friends, there's a new podcast from Spoke Media and the creators of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text called Hot and Bothered, where they treat romance novels as feminist texts, primarily written by women, for women, and about female pleasure. In one of her darkest moments, host Vanessa Zoltan turned to romance novels for comfort and joy. We know the feeling. And the process of writing her own romance novel changed her life because, to her, writing romance is a sacred practice. Now she's encouraging all of her friends to write their own romance novels. You can follow along and write a romance novel of your own with regular assignments from novelist Julia Quinn and do the radical work of pursuing your desires, reclaiming your stories, and reimagining what you deserve. Listen and subscribe to Hot and Bothered wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, HBs, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two romance-loving BFFs recap a new romance novel each week and squee into your ear holes with your consent. I mean, really, you opted into this experience. Before we do anything else, I want to talk about the Patreon fundraiser we did in June and July of this year. We decided to double any new or increased pledges during that time frame. And for the increased pledges, we didn't double the amount the Patreon increased. We doubled the total amount. Well, y'all showed up. I'm ecstatic to announce that we donated $1,980 to the Yellowhammer Fund to help women in Alabama get the reproductive health care they need. So, thank you to all of our patrons for helping us make this happen. And speaking of Patreon, why don't we do a shout out? Anna S., you are the genetic copy of the Chosen One a galactic princess with interplanetary royal blood and the ability to control bees. You are the legal owner of the Earth, so if any weird siblings try to come here and suck all our blood for their youth, you have veto power. You also love dogs. You always have. Specifically, you love one dog in particular with flying rollerblades. He used to have wings, but somebody cut them off because he bit somebody. Anyway, you're basically a superhero space queen who saves everyone. You can make out with any dog men you want, and no one can tell you any different, because you have the title to the Earth. Congratulations! You can check out our Patreon with over 50 bonus episodes, peeks behind our very mysterious curtain, and lots of other perks at patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. It's a wonderful way to support the creators you love. All right, we're going to jump into the great big romance read with our recap of The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics by Olivia Waite. Yay! <laughs> Hello, Melody, Melody, Melody. I say oh. that. Did you see that post on the cult that was like, I just I can't did. get into an episode if it doesn't start with Melody, Melody, Melody. Here you go. <laughs> melody, Melody, Melody. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> Emily, Emily, Emily. Emily, Emily. Um, How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah. I'm great. Do you want to hear a funny story about dogs? Every day. I hope it'll be funny. Okay, so I have to preface this. 
Um, you've never met Rooster. I know. She's remarkably soft dog. Mm. And one time David purchased a belt, a leather belt that had a leather tag on the belt that said on it, feel the softness. No, no. And did you, you put could, it on her collar? Could, yeah, so you could feel that tag and understand the softness of the belt, which I'm sure Ooh. was coiled up in plastic. <laughs> so you could feel the softness. So he puts that on her collar, and that is by far the biggest thing on her collar. <laughs> and then the other thing is like a little kind of like a washer, like a little ring that has mm. Rue and then has my phone number on it. So if you just look at her tag, all you see is this big thing that says feel the softness. <laughs> so the other day, I get home from work. I go downstairs, I let the dogs out, I leave yeah. the door open because sure. it's nice outside, go upstairs, change my clothes, get something to drink, go down, sit on the couch, and watch one episode of Glow. Okay. During this episode of Glow, uh-huh. Goat comes back in, sits on my lap. No sign of rooster. I assume she's sunbathing in the yard as she does <laughs> until she becomes so fucking hot that she like nearly dies every time like we have to (laughs) carry her in anyway so i get this call on my cell phone from this guy who's like hey is this the owner of a room i was like yeah did she get out and he's like yeah she's in my kitchen oh rooster was in this man's kitchen. It's not like he found her in the outdoors (laughs) (laughs) and took her indoors. She appeared in his kitchen. Oh my gosh, Rooster. So I was like, like, okay, uh, just send me your address. I'll be right there. He's like, yeah. Like, he sounded (laughs) pissed. When I got there, I realized that's just kind of the, like, kind of guy he is. He's kind of just a gruff dude. But I, he answered the door. He's holding my dog. She's like, Mm, a little over half a mile away, which is incredible. Oh to my me. god! So he answers the door. He's holding my dog. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just standing in my kitchen. Uh, I've got the back door open because I'm grilling. So I guess he was like going in and yeah, out with like yeah, meats." Yeah. He's like, "All of a sudden, I feel this like paw 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 in the back of my legs. Like she went into another person's house and begged him for meats." <laughs> He's like, so, like, there's a fucking dog in my house. He's actually saying these words. Like, uh-huh. he's a, you know, profane man. He's like, there's a fucking dog in my house. He bends over. He's like, I bend down. I check her tag and it says, feel the softness. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? This fucking dog's in my house. Its collar just says, feel the softness. <laughs> then I saw your phone number. So, anyway, here's your dog. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Walk back. And then I look to see, like, how the fuck she got out. Because there were places in the fence in the back where it's, like, the ground shifted. Okay. And so we put, like, little, you know, to make it, like, you could get under it. She got under it a couple Mm -hmm. times. So we put, like, a screeny thing where those spots were. But, like, everywhere. This this yard is pretty airtight, okay? Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, There's a fucking tunnel (gasps) into the neighbor's yard. Tunneled? Oh, no. Guess whose paws were <gasps> covered in dirt? Goat. Goat. <gasps> they work together. No, not like that. Oh, do you think Rooster Goat was like demanded? No, I think it's worse. I think <gasps> Goat set a Trying trap. Trying to get rid of Rooster? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think she dug that tunnel. Then she came in and she sat on my lap and she's like, "It's only a matter of time <laughs> until that dog goes under that hole." <laughs> <gasps> to certain peril on the highway. <laughs> oh my god! 
criminal yeah. mastermind. Yeah. Go. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Weren't yeah. you going to name her El Chapo at first? <laughs> Perfecto. No, she's probably... <laughs> I just, I imagine when I'm on the phone with this guy, she's sitting next to me being like, <laughs> Oh, rooster, pobrecita. Oh, tenemos buscando a rooster. No sé. I, yeah. 100%. For all of you who are new to the podcast, Goat okay. is her Spanish-speaking dog. <laughs> and they discovered that because she would not do anything until they started She was rescued. Saying, yeah. Yeah. She was rescued and she only responds to Spanish commands, it turns out. <laughs> Something we never would have figured out in our house. Thank goodness you guys actually speak Spanish. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, we were at our wits' oh, end. We just started trying other languages because <laughs> the bitch wouldn't sit. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So we have some super exciting programming for today. Are you ready to oh, tell Oh, yeah. Everyone? There might be new listeners. I think we might snag like two. Hey, Who two knows? new listeners. Hi, new listeners. The Great Big Romance Read. What's it called? The Great The Great Big, big Romance right? Read. Yeah. Hey, I got it for the first you time ever. It. Hey, you did it. So we are participating in the Rip Bodice's Great Big Romance Read, and I, for one, am ecstatic about this choice. This is a great book. God, this book is so good. And I didn't know who, I, I just like put it on our calendar months ago um, mm-hmm. when they reached out to us, and I didn't realize this was an Olivia Waite book. I was like, yeah, the ladies guide to Schmirschmer. And we've been like, people have been requesting for us to read an Olivia Waite for some time, yeah. so... Hey, five-star reviewer so that requested stoked. Olivia Waite, you got it. And we didn't even know. So That's there you right. go. Crossed off the list. Get stoked. Yeah, this was a fantastic book. This was so amazing. From start to finish, it was just like heartfelt and awesome. And I just loved it so, so much. The cover, too. Did you look at this cover? I loved this cover. Also, I was hanging out. This is just going to be me talking about my life, guys. So just brace yourselves. Tangent City. I was hanging out with a kid this week, Mm 10-year-old kid. He was reading on his Kindle. I was reading on my Kindle. Yeah. And I was like, what you reading? And he was like, I'm reading a book called Gabby and Sal something the universe. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. What are you reading? And I was like, oh, this is about a lady astronomer and no one will take her serious and schmirschmer and i did this whole thing like oh she her brother's a painter and she had to move out now she's with this other lady and she's gonna fund her and they're like bffs and that lady does embroidery and like i told him this whole story and Uh david's like that's what you're reading because like (laughs) i have noticed that you don't read books about lady astronomers (laughs) that aren't taken seriously though that's not what your interests are Mm -hmm. and i was like yes and i showed him the cover i was like this is the lady astronomer and that one's the countess who's funding her research he's like oh mm." oh i get it yeah he couldn't say so at dinner but he was like oh they fucking so that's what it's about (laughs) that's right that's right and guys they they fucking Oh, yeah. That is what it's about. (laughs) Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, they do. All right. So this thing starts off with absolute heartbreak, though. Heartbreak city. Poor Lucy is at the wedding of her lover of five fucking years. I was so worried this was our heroine. Like, for the first four pages, I was just like, nope, I'm not (laughs) doing an affair 
with this chick for the rest of this book. And thankfully, mm. we don't. She's the villain. All right. So Lucy's sitting there at the wedding of Priscilla, her lover, yes. and just like crying her eyes out because yeah. this bitch was her girlfriend for five years. Five and then, years. Like, didn't even tell her <gasps> that she was getting married to this Ugh. dude who also happens to be Lucy's friend or like her yeah. brother's friend or like, and I don't know, like, but they hung out. a really good dude, like a sterling dude. Solid dude. Yeah. She finds out when the bands are red, you guys. How dare. Ooh. Yeah. And you know what Pris said? She goes, what? So she's called Pris, Priscilla. Yeah. I don't want to spend my life alone, Pris had explained. Her hands and her lap twined around each other flexing the way they always did when she was anxious about something. Lucy says, you aren't alone. You have me. And she says, but Lucy, I can't marry you. She needs to have her fortune and she needs security and all that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I I was going to say it's bullshit, but like a little bit like hashtag justice for Pris, but like not a lot. Like, yeah, there are like some structural problems here, you know, that like you got to consider, but also Mm -hmm. like go fuck yourself, Pris. Just tell, have a conversation with her. I would be fine with Priscilla if she had been like, Lucy, this is the decision I'm Up making. Front. Yeah, yes. but to bombard her with that and then just, dis- yes. uh, we, we can't get into and it And then yet. she turns around later in the book and like, <gasps> is it just a total wait. bitch? Yeah. I'm sorry. What, I, I know. What later are on, we, you guys. Are we a spoiler-free podcast? Uh, have we I changed? Know. What happened? No, we're a spoiler podcast. Oh my God, you guys. She, we're going to talk about it like when we get there, but she comes back and she's like, I just assumed that you would be waiting for me and you would be ready yeah. to just like have an affair for the rest of and our lives. Just like be my mistress. Oh, the worst. Ugh. But like just the getting married thing, I think we can't super blame her. For. No, of course not. Okay. Especially. Well, no, the getting married without telling Lucy about it is fucked up from start to finish. Have one mm-hmm. conversation, Priscilla, you selfish, selfish girl. So mm-hmm. she goes home. And adding insult to injury, her dad died, like, just a few months ago. Her mm-hmm. brother is now in charge of her because England times. Ugh. And so her brother's like, we got to sell off your telescope and get you married soon. We got to get you settled because, you know, things are things are expensive Wait, and nobody's say. going to what? Lucy's dad was a famous astronomer. You just, like, threw out the telescope thing. We got to say... He, he yeah, was a sorry. famous astronomer. Yeah. And Lucy was an astronomer with her dad. And he was kind of going senile in his later years. And mm. she was doing like the most of the astronomy for him. And so she's become and an astronomer. definitely all of the maths. Yes. Definitely yeah. all the maths. You know how we always yeah. talk about how we are not maths? She is so This maths. heroine, she is a math. Yeah, she's she is just a math. Much yeah. math. Mm-hmm. All the time math. Yeah. Um, Sometimes stars. Occasionally stars, but all the time math. And yeah. Stephen... Her brother is all the time an asshole and some of the time a painter. Right. <laughs> Correct. Yes. That's a really good yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good way to say it. So, yeah, he's like, we got to sell these telescopes. Yeah. And we got to have a garage sale. As he's like yeah. going out the door to spend three weeks with his goddamn bohemian friends in the country painting. Get a job, just- Stephen. Get a job. <laughs> this book really treats like painting like that is a stable career in england times and i have to listen hey i know for the last like 15 podcasts i've been like don't add us don't email us i don't want to know let us know no i want to know if is painting like a legit (laughs) career in england times because like they're acting like it is and that does not seem i mean I i think it's i think it's just as maybe it is a bit more because like photography doesn't exist yet 
Unless it does. Oh, my God. We don't know. I don't know. know. We don't know. (laughs) Don't. All right. Listen. Don't add us about the photography thing, but do add us about the painting. I feel like, yeah, because this is a time when everybody's, like, getting portraits painted and stuff. This is when, like, Elizabeth walks through the portrait hall of Mr. Darcy's big house, and she's like, ooh, look at how steamy and wonderful he is. And it's like an oil painting. Yeah. You know? So as long as you're an oil painter, you're fine. Yeah. If you're I a guess. good oil painter, are you good, Stephen? I see no evidence that you are good. Well, no, we find out later he is not good at painting. Mm. But what I was going to say is maybe this is like the author trying to say a male painter, which are, yes. listen, if you're an artist, we respect you or whatever. I'm not oh, trying course. to remember. Yeah. Um, but like art, very, sh- not a stable career, but like astronomy, maths, very super stable career. So maybe what the author is trying to say is like a man who's a painter is still valued as a more stable thing than a woman who's an astronomer mm. or a scientist. Mm. Mm. See what Look I did? Look Aaron. That's what we call in with the hot theme. Is that oh, a that's theme? right. I don't know. Is that a theme? Yeah, that's part of a theme. Analogy. I don't listen. Listen, it's late. (sighs) Okay. Then she's sitting there and she gets a letter from this countess who she's been sending letters to and fro between for years. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, um, the countess's husband died. The the, The husband was this famous astronomer and they were always out in the world together, sailing on ships and looking at stars. Egypt, Morocco, yeah, France. Asia times. Other places. Islands. Wherever a That's ginger flower is. Definitely done. Egypt. I remember Egypt being yeah, one yeah, of yeah. them. Yeah, completely. A lot of expeditions. A lot of South Seas, you guys. Yeah, South Seas. Mm-hmm. So she has always really admired this woman because she's never left, like, basically her county. Like, she's never been anywhere. And may I, she's always. May oh, I read yeah. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Lucy recognized the handwriting and her heart skipped a beat. It was from the Countess of Moth, the same Countess who had traveled the world observing eclipses with her brilliant husband, astronomer. Ooh, okay. So his name is George Saint, S-T, period, day. Do I I need to say that in a different freaking way than it's fucking spelled? I think it's Sinday. Like Sinjin. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Saint Day. Let's say Saint Day because we're... Okay. Crass Americans. Her astronomer husband, George, period. Together, <laughs> they had set foot on six out of seven continents. The Countess had thrown a 12-course banquet in the shadow of the pyramids during a partial eclipse. Mm. She had charmed the king of Bohemia so much that he had written her a poem every day for a year and only stopped when his royal bride insisted. Oh. Well, it says Saint Day, but I'm just going to call him. George was making observations in the far-off longitudes and recording the positions of the potential new stars and their arcs. The Countess would copy them out meticulously, column by column, and send them all in the hungriest scientific minds back home. Oh. Oh, my gosh. So, Lucy already has a big old competency boner for Mm -hmm. Lady Moth. Mm -hmm. But... She then asks in her, her, so Lucy's hoping that she's going to get like one last set of data. It's not in there. Instead, she's like, hey, do you, your dad, know anybody who could translate this, this French astronomical text? Because the society is looking for a translator. And Lucy's like, I am heartbroken. I have nothing here. I'm going to go to London. I'm going to throw myself at her feet. And I'm going to say, I am the right translator for this. 
And because she took French sometime, she also knows. Yeah, she French. knows how to speak Frenches. Yeah, and, but mostly, you guys, she knows how to speak maths and the language of love. Oh, so, mm-hmm. so she, oh, 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 if you will. <laughs> that it. <laughs> Puppy whoop you. All right. So okay, and she doesn't so, even tell her brother. She just like goes to London. No, fuck him. He's in Bohemia yeah. or wherever. <laughs> so. So then we switch to Catherine's perspective, Lady Catherine of Moth. And she's like not super happy with her lot right now, but she is really happy about being a widow because we find out that her relationship with her husband was awful. He was terrible. He essentially married her because he thought he would have control over her inheritance, not realizing that the countess before her was really smart and the whole line is inherited and controlled by women. Just like, uns, uns, feminism, you know? She's like, oh. <laughs> How did it happen? I don't understand England time. So if you're smart, you can just fucking will it all to the girls? No. So they, in all they the keep... other books, they just had dumb moms? I don't get it. I don't <laughs> no. understand they keep on talking about how, like, first of all, I think that was like an ancestral thing. And then second of all, they keep on talking about the former Lady Moth's time period being like more permissible. So, I see, I see. yeah, like, I I don't know. It was before society clamped back down on ladies is Maybe. my okay. take on it. Okay. All right. So... He so was she's emotionally bored. abusive. He was demanding all of that. But now, yeah, like at, at the very least, she had his endeavors to sort of put her attention on. And now mm-hmm. she doesn't really know what to do. Right. She's bored. Yeah. And her butler knocks on her door and knocks is like, up. there's a lady outside with a lot of luggage. And yeah. she's like, send her in, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And then afterwards, she's like, why did I just say send her in? Nobody said that they were visiting <sighs> me. <laughs> so then Lucy comes in, dark haired, slender Lucy. Angular face, gray eyes, mm. tall, young, uh-huh. 10 years younger than the Countess. Yes. And she's vibrating with this energy that Lady Catherine can't quite place. And she's not, yeah, she actually says something like she's not super happy about the ambitious gleam in the girl's eye. Ooh. Mm. Because George had that ambitious gleam. Yeah, it's, it's triggering for her. Mm-hmm. So they go back and forth and Lucy's like, hi, I am the person for this job. And she's like, ooh, the polite society is pretty much male dominated and they hate ladies. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a tough sell. Well, she tells her for the first time that she was the one writing her the letters and yes. not her father. She's the one that was doing these computations the whole time. And not then... Catherine now gets a competence boner yeah. back Ooh. for Lucy. So now they have a mutual respect boner that's very nice. Oh, I know. It's just <laughs> unfurled. Oh, God, I hate it. Say unfurled. <laughs> I hate it. All right. Okay, so she's like, you can stay with me. We're having a polite science society meeting later on this week, a dinner or whatever. You can stay with me and you can plead your case in person with them. I just love that this society is called the polite society of whatever. because They are like the meanest. These are the meanest mean girls. Mean. And they're all men. Oh, yeah. My note is (laughs) my note is Lucy can stay with her while she talks to the polite society about hiring a person who happens to have a vagina to do work that she's supremely capable of, perfectly suited for, and has (laughs) years of experience in. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not going to work out. No, it's not. So they go to dinner. (laughs) 
So that night they have dinner. Lucy wears her very finest gown, mm. which is the gown that Priscilla embroidered for embroidered yeah. embroidered for her embroidered, with like yeah. leaves and stuff all Ooh, over it's it. It's viney, but it's still like a shitty muslin gown that sure. like isn't nice. And she's worried that she doesn't look nice enough for dinner. But Catherine compliments the gown and is like, who did that embroidery? And then, like, Lucy gets, like, super upset and starts crying and runs away. <laughs> she's thinking about Priscilla, who got married, like, two days ago. Yeah. And Catherine's like, she's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, anyway. um, but she also feels a little bad because she's like, am I in such a bad temper that I sent my guest running in tears? So the next morning... She comes to find Lucy and she's in the library. And so, oh, I this moment was so beautiful and like subtle, but still telling because Catherine stands outside the library door, like listening to try to figure out what the occupant's mood is. is. Yeah, because George went through these like he would throw tantrums and then go weeks and weeks and weeks without talking to her. And he was just like, I mean, he was incredibly emotionally abusive. So Mm -hmm. she's doing that. And then um, she goes in and she apologizes. And Lucy's like, for complimenting my gown? And Mm -hmm. poor Catherine's inner monologue is basically like, like, why am I? Yeah, you're right. Why am I apologizing right now? (laughs) Like, I'm just doing it out of habit. I've got it. Lucy says, what is it you're saying sorry for? Yeah. The words were gentle, almost laughing, but Catherine winced as though they were shards of glass because the truth was that she did not know and it was mortifying to have it pointed out. It is mortifying. It is. Oof. Okay. But meanwhile, Catherine's also banishing thoughts of of Lucy, like running her, her nimble fingers over something or other. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> well, at some point, so George liked to be when he was doing his astronomy math mm-hmm. in his library, he liked to be <laughs> left alone for like years. He wanted to be yes. left alone. She doesn't mind the company. So Catherine's like barely ever been in this library, but she's like, oh, she doesn't mind the company. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. go grab my embroidery. So they have these days where Lucy's read, doing, math. doing some translating. <laughs> yeah, translating math into she's, English. She's thinking in the beautiful romantic uh-huh language <laughs> while. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Catherine is over there just making these beautiful works of art out of silk threads. I think mm. I just made the dolphin noise that <laughs> Smart Bitches said. That. You guys, we were on Smart Podcast, Trashy Books. Yeah. And at some point, whoever does the the um Garlic call, transcripts, mm-hmm. yeah, whoever was doing the, the transcript, just put in brackets, someone is making a dolphin noise at this point. <laughs> And you could just read the exasperation in that poor transcription <laughs> transcribers. Just yeah. like, oh god, now they're making fucking dolphin noise. You know what? I'm gonna. F- I'm just gonna put it. I'm just gonna write it in there. That's what I'm gonna do. Fuck them. Yep. Anyway, I chose to think that she found us incredibly charming, and I she was just reporting accurate facts. That Sarah Wendell made a dolphin noise. She is like a poised and like professional interviewer. I know. We are definitely <laughs> dolphin noise people. Yeah, of course. Wow. <laughs> I think it had to be me because like you were the one talking. And I'm like, I I'm was not, talking. If there is a candidate on 
this podcast for dolphin noises, it would be you, but it's it couldn't me. have been. Mm-mm. Anyways, <laughs> I was so we pleased doing? to read that. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, they are spending time together. And so, Lucy talks about the last time she translated something being with the same friend who made her gown. And mm-hmm. Catherine starts realizing that this quote-unquote friend was more than that yes because of like the way that they're talking and what they were i think it was um that priscilla went to translate something but she translated it into a dirty limerick yes yeah and then like the way the wistful way she said it and all of that was just like really i think too she asks her name yeah wait i've got it i've got it good good good, she goes um she asked her name and then lucy goes priscilla there was no mistaking it only love could make a name drip from Miss. Uh oh, I don't know how to say her last name. McKelney Schmerger. <laughs> okay, well, McKelney. That's what we're gonna go with. Okay, only love. I could didn't make pronounce name. any of the na- all the names in this book are Schmergers <laughs> to me. So you're ready. <laughs> okay, only love could make a name drip from Miss McKelney's mouth in those honeyed tones. Even a love in mourning still had sparks in it. You guys, the writing in this book is gorgeous, beautiful. Oh, so good. I am not equipped to describe it to you in a way like you just have to read it. It is so incredible. This is why we're podcasters. We're not writers. We are like writing is writing good. Writing Mm. is good. But you have to understand it's like real good. It's we're not going to be able to read it good either. But like it is very good it's heart-wrenching and it it just like digs right underneath your soul and tugs your heartstrings and then it probably does things to your downstairs region i don't know how who am i you know to comment on melody, such melody, melody. <laughs> why are you being so demure is it because of our two new listeners from the big romance read Maybe. I don't understand. You're being so coy, whereas usually you're like, this did things to my downstairs. <laughs> you're like, maybe in a oh. hypothetical world, Ooh, someone okay. reading this. Mm. How dare you? All right. Okay. So then they, after spending that like whole week together. Well, at one point she asks her, will you introduce me to this society properly? Yes. At like one of their meetings and Catherine's like, you don't understand how mean these guys are going to be to you. Are you sure you want to like go in there like full fledged and like be formally introduced instead of just kind of like creeping in in the background? Well, yeah. And she's specifically worried. Like, are you ready to debate theoretical thoughts? Are you ready to Mm -hmm. like go back and forth with equations you will be far more scrutinized than any other person who is ever a member of the society and um she says like absolutely too yeah Yeah. this that's what i do this is what i do yeah of course i am naively she thinks it will be fine yeah she thinks of course these scientific people are going to talk to me about scientific things and and we can both do that together and that's how like scientists have to work as a community even as all of them are working separately and she understands that because she's a motherfucking scientist, everyone. <laughs> Ugh. So they go to this dinner and Lucy's translated, I think, the introduction or the first chapter. And she's got the pages with her just in case. No? Mm. No, I was shaking my head at really good writing. <laughs> Sorry. God I was it. shaking my head at the <laughs> sentence. I was like, the next thing isn't dinner? No, it's good. Oh. I was just flipping to get to dinner, and then I saw yeah. this passage I highlighted that said, 
With that sharp hook and the blinding skein of silk, Lady Moth stabbed into the white muslin over and mm. over like the daintiest possible murder. Oh, I I highlighted that too. Yeah. So did 26 other people, according to my Kindle. <laughs> anyway, mm. sorry, sorry. Everybody dinner. else is missing out. Yes. So dinner <laughs> is banana town. Banana town. They think that Lucy is just like Catherine's little friend guest and they're like, oh, I'm so glad about your, I'm so sorry about your dad and I'm so glad we finally get to meet you because they, they know that she is related to this famous astronomer. So as they're like, they sit down to dinner, they're introduced to two people in particular. One is Mr. Frampton. He is a full society fellow already. And they comment that his grandmother was from San Dominique. So he speaks French fluently because you guys. That becomes important. We look some things up. That is a French colony in the Caribbean. So look at heaving bosoms. No one. Yeah. She Googled it moments before recording. Oh, yeah. So look at that. (laughs) Welcome to our history podcast. That's where we know. What I meant by history was also geography. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to it. We know where okay. islands are and That's what right. they used to be called and maybe still are. God, I'm digging yeah. it. Uh, we and, sound and smart now. People, I'm making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> what white people uh, took it over and did terrible things to the indigenous populations, guys. In this case, it was the French. the French. That's right. All right. So, and then there's another guy, Mr. Will Willoughby. Willoughby. I, I heard Willoughby in my brain because Willoughby is the bad guy in Sense and Sensibility. Mm-hmm. So if I say Willoughby, that's why. It's better than Schmerger. Willoughby. There you go. He's the nephew of some old white dude who's already into society and is trying to like, um, hey, Aaron, what's that called? When you get your family member in there. Nepotism. I know what that's called. Nepotism. Oh. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's trying to nepotize everything. So, or as people who nepotize things call it, a mm. legacy member. <laughs> oh, it makes my whole skin crawl. So, yeah, they're at dinner, and everybody's like, "These two dudes are gonna do the thing. These are the two candidates we've come up with." And then Catherine, because P.S. Catherine is putting up the funds for a full half of this project. She is funding fifty percent of this giant project. Mm-hmm. Which is why she was writing to uh, Lucy saying, hey, do you know anyone who could do this? Yeah. So she's like, as the purse strings here, I have somebody that I would like to nominate. And she introduces Lucy. And everybody's like, oh, marm, 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 marm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> do you see the tits on that person? Because uh, tits <laughs> disqualify you. <laughs> Her tits will get in the way of the ink and the papers. They're in the oh, way. Oh, my God. And there was that moment where they were like, and also she couldn't work late into the night alongside men's because who knows oh, what will happen. That? Yeah. And Catherine's I like, I'm sorry, that. you don't trust society gentlemen to. Oh, I do remember now. Okay yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, well, yep. no, it's not. That's certainly not what we meant either. Oh. So anyway, she's like, I know how to do this. And she gives him her pages. And she's like, I, I basically auditioned for you. Here's my audition. He doesn't even touch them. He just he bats them, them onto the floor. Them onto the floor. It is so insulting. Oh my God, everyone. Yes. So that's when Catherine is just like, I'm pulling my money and we're getting the fuck out of dinner. And then she sort of stops herself. Oh, wait, 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 w
before we leave this yeah, abominable yeah, yeah. room, I have to yeah. do this. Yeah. So Wilby, the the nephew mm. who hasn't done jack shit yet, no. except for be somebody's nephew, interrupts this conversation that's specifically about Mishmish murder, Lucy, <laughs> and says, "But let's go about it scientifically." Oh. Do you remember this? Yeah. But let's go about it scientifically," he said, his expression eager as a puppy on a new scent. We must not start with assumptions, but with the fundamental questions. Several points need to be clearly determined at the outset. First, whether women are capable of astronomy. Second, whether they would offer any particular benefit to astronomy. Mm. Third, whether astronomy would be of any use or benefit to women. That third one, that's for us. He's putting that in there for us for to make sure we get something out of it fourth whether it would harm the needs of mankind to encourage women to put their efforts toward the sciences rather than the continuation of the species whether it would hurt to be, it would hurt mankind to let them think about science instead of just popping babies. out babies and then mr chad and chad and chad and schmerger nod <laughs> That is a proper scientific line of inquiry, Mr. Wilby. Oh. And Kelschmerger. Oh, Aunt, Aunt Kelschmerger. Can Kelmarsh. we talk about her? Kelmarsh, Kel- yeah. That's close, I want to say. Kelmarsh, yeah. Yeah, Kelmarsh. Um, she's pretty cool. She's Lady Catherine's aunt. She reels back as if she had been slapped. Actually, that's yeah. when they all stand up and leave, I think. Yeah, because Catherine's and like, I'm not going to And she has to step over anymore. her own pages that are on the freaking floor and then the the wind of her skirts goes by and the pages wave goodbye to her on her way out oh. because this is such good fucking writing. Because so the good. imagery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So they're in the carriage on the way home. And Catherine says that she didn't expect them to deny Lucy's existence. She said, I prepared mm-hmm. you for them to go back and forth with you on scientific theory. I did not expect for them to deny your existence. Yes. And then she says that she's going to pay to publish Lucy's translation on oh. her own. Yeah. We should say when they were storming out, Catherine said, I'm not paying for any of this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She pulled Totes. her plug. Did you already say that? Sorry. I did. No worries. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. I, was, uh, I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> you were you were in the text. I Is understand. Is that part of podcasting? Is like listening yeah. to the other person? I mean, I wouldn't say it's like 50% of I guess we anything. can talk about this after. Sure, Anyways. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> after we're done with the episode. Yeah. All right. So then, oh... So then she's like, also, if you need somewhere to, you know, hang out while you're yeah. uh, doing this translating, you can always, I don't know, stay at uh, my townhouse. Yeah. And Lucy pinks up in her cheeks a little bit and then she agrees. And then uh-huh. Catherine feels this odd sense of relief that she doesn't have to part from Lucy. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also, like, during that week they spent together, I think we kind of skipped over a little bit, like... Catherine was embroidering these beautiful exotic flowers oh, that yeah. Lucy was looking at with like amazement at the mm-hmm. artistry and the level of detail. And also like they were flowers that she'd never seen before. Yeah. And she's like, could, did you ever think about doing botany? And she's like, nah, I could have never done botany. You know, I'm a lady. So I did embroidery. And she's like really, really super crazy talented mm-hmm. at embroidery. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to. Put that oh. in there. That's already a pot that's cooking on the stove. Yes. So then the next two weeks goes by with them. It's from Catherine's perspective. And she says that they're sort of orbiting each other. They'll work in the mm-hmm. room together side by side. 
but then they part to do other things and they'll come back for tea and then part and then come back for dinner. And it says, um, she felt lightning struck every conversation, every joke, every blush and averted gaze. Oh, (laughs) an averted glance sent another bolt through her whole territories were beginning to burn in parts of her soul that she'd always kept carefully darkened. If that isn't the best sentence about realizing you're gay, I swear to God. I mean, it's never (laughs) happened to me. I've never realized I'm gay because I'm not gay, but it just felt like I was just like whole territories were beginning to burn in parts of her soul that she'd always kept carefully carefully darkened. darkened. It's like the most beautiful thing I've ever read. It was so beautiful. Olivia, Miss Waite, let us just fawn over you. And like, it never says, Catherine was pretty sure she was into this lady in a sex no. way, which is you know, probably what I would have written. That would have been my paragraph. Aaron, no, that's not what you have, would have written. It's definitely what I would have written. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron is a writer. Uh, and that's what he's I not written. here, but our sometimes guest star Cole would have written, and that's when Catherine realized <laughs> that Lucy was a smoke show and she that's was right. smoking hot. That's right. And they wanted to do, what did he say? Vaginal interplay? Do you remember that? He said the words vaginal interplay. It's like astounding to me. Anyways. Oh, boy. So then we find out a little bit more about Aunt Kelmarsh. During all of uh, Catherine's time away at sea, Aunt Kelmarsh sort of got the hint that George, her horrible dead husband, was becoming more and more controlling as the years went on. And so at first, he was reading all of the mail that came in because he figured that everything was his business and should come to him directly. And then he would give her anything that she needed to see. But then she realized there was a good chance that George was also reading her writing. Mm-hmm. So when she would correspond with Aunt Kelmarsh, because she's also a like a botanist and, and she's very, very interested in it. And she's also an incredible artist. They would write really boring drab things on paper but then they would communicate mm-hmm. via flowers that they draw art flowers you guys like oh my metaphor gosh. art flowers melody if you ever yeah. try to communicate with me via <laughs> a metaphor art flower mm-hmm. i will not get it just so you hey, know guess if you... what Aaron? there's no way i will <laughs> do that nor you understand up a daisy if you I'm did just that gonna to be me. like weird a daisy got in here it got smushed <laughs> i'm not gonna know if you paint one i'm just gonna be like oh melody's weird now okay yeah. i mean yeah. that's cool mm-hmm. that's gonna be what i think but also before that letter arrives from yeah aunt yeah Kel- Kelmarsh. Kelmarsh. very close to kelschmerger <laughs> Lucy shows Catherine her first <gasps> That's right. paragraph. Ooh. So I'm going to try to read it to you, and it is there is inevitably going to be a word in here I don't know. So fair, fair. All right, man. We sound so dumb this episode. You guys, we are kind of smart. She's a lawyer. Well, we're kind of. I, sm- I have a college education. We're kind of smart, but <laughs> this book is very smart. It's so smart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And very England. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Catherine's going to read what Lucy handed her, and she's like, hey, would you mind just, like, proofing this for me? Ahem. The moment we raised our eyes to the heavens is the very moment we became, if something less than angels, still something more than animal. Alone mm-hmm. of all living things, mankind dares to look up from the earth and dream of other worlds. Those worlds, 
howsoever distant, are connected to ours by a force so vast and ubiquitous that it went unthought of for most of history. Yet now we know that this self-same force which sends a breadcrumb tumbling to the parlor floor keeps the moon tethered in her orbit. I speak, of course, of the power of gravitation, whereby the attractive force between two bodies is mutual and equivalent, whatever mm. the difference of mass between them. Oh, so Lucy has decided that she is going to translate this Oleron text in a way that anybody, even not an astronomer, can read it. And specifically, she wants to translate it in a way that can make Catherine love it and love astronomy and love science and understand it and be as captivated with astronomy as Lucy is because Catherine is her muse. Yes. And she's looking at all of these things that Catherine's doing, realizing that Catherine is sort of disparaging it as like a trifle and women's work and whatever. And, mm. and she's like, no, if I can make her understand this scientific process, then maybe she'll fall in love with science and maybe she'll like be interested in botany or like whatever right. else she's interested in. She just wants to like open the gate in For Catherine mind. and all ladies. And all too. everyone too. And so <sighs> Catherine says, I had no idea that this like highly scientific text was so poetic. Oh. oh, and also this very scientific text starts from like chapter 1000 and Lucy wants to walk yes. it back and fill in all the fundamental science before you get up there to like the high science. Yeah, because it is so, it's a, a scholarly text for scholars and she wants to right. make it so that you get all of that scholarly work, but you can also understand the building blocks right. on which it sits. So then she's like, I kind of wrote it. Is it weird? What do you think? I kind of wrote it like yeah. for you kind of so that you would like it. And then Catherine who has already kind of like gotten wind that like Lucy likes girls because she's pretty sure mm. that that friend was like a friend she made out with. Mm. Then she said, uh, oh, it's for ordinary readers or whatever. And Lucy says, I wasn't imagining just anyone, she said softly. I was writing as though I were explaining it to you. <gasps> Catherine, flustered, dropped her eyes to the page again. The attractive force between two bodies. Ooh. Bites lip. All at once, it was a great deal of work simply to pull breath into her lungs and to force it out again. The words pulled her inexorably forward to the following passage, and then it's more and more and more. Oh but my it's gosh! Like, it's kind beautiful. of like a little bit sexy about how like moons and stuff are like drawn toward each other. Oh yeah, it's definitely like, sexy, you guys. It's sexy science. So much of this science is drop dead sexy. This science. <laughs> Is so fuckable on the page, like I can't even. <laughs> this science is Whoa. fuckable. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So then she, Aunt Kelmersh, asks them over for tea. Yes. So they go over, and she shows them her garden, and she goes. She leads them over to this shell grotto that she made in memorial of Catherine's mother, the late earlier Lady Moth. And mm -hmm. then things start getting into place in Catherine's brain. What's up? We talked about the correspondence a bit, but did you say what happened when George died? Oh, like they no. were they were doing all these flower metaphor letters at each mm -hmm. other, and then when George died, uh, uh, Catherine just wrote Kelmarsh a letter that said. George dead, right as you please, which is very yeah. similar to our Muppet text, which I really yes. like. George dead, uh -huh. right as please. And then <laughs> uh, Aunt sent back one that just said good, underlines three times. Yeah. Like, whoa, he, he sucked. 
And both of those had metaphorical flowers included too, because I think the one after uh, around good was apple blossoms, and she understood mm-hmm. it to mean that better things were ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they get to this shell grotto because her mom was a bit of a naturalist and she had this huge collection that she'd done over her life of a bunch of different species. Like it's very English, you know, like mm-hmm. butterflies pinned to things. You get it. Uh-huh. And uh, one of her favorite things was her giant shell collection, but that it had to get sold off after a while. And so Kelmarsh bought as much of that collection as she could and then she made this big thing in memoriam to mm-hmm. who Catherine realizes as she starts putting the pieces together in her mind after her new uh misunderstood sort of attraction to Lucy mm-hmm. that Aunt Kelmarsh and her mom were also lady pals in the bedroom <laughs> you guys They had Uh a years-long, beautiful relationship when things were more permissive, too. Yeah, they were together. Lucy and Aunt Kelmarsh, like, they're they're telecommunicating pretty immediately about, like, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. You seem like a lady who knows what is going on. So I thought that, too, in that scene. But then later on... Well, we'll get to it. I thought the same thing during this scene because there was a moment where um, Kelmarsh was like, well, you have to take the happiness where you can find it was one uh-huh. of the things she said. It was a bunch of that. And Lucy would like give little knowing chuckles. Anyway, uh-huh. tea goes well. And Catherine comes away with this whole idea that like this is not a new thing. Women have been lovers forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what she actually says is, they don't let you have anything whole, you know, if you don't follow the pattern. You have to find your happiness in bits and pieces instead. Oh. But it can still add up to something beautiful. Oh it's a metaphor, gosh. you know, because it's the yeah. grotto, too. Because yeah. of the grotto, you guys. Yeah. Oh. Okay. This whole book is goddamn swoony. You need to pick it up and read it immediately. Yeah. Well, and they talk about how there are places in the world where, like, women can be together and can be partners. Yeah. And Lucy's kind of referencing her all-girls school, which was, like, Mm -hmm. pretty. Everybody was, like, down and cool with it. Mm -hmm. I forget where Aunt Cal Marsh and Lady Catherine's mom hooked up, but, like, they were in some kind of abbey or something like that. Weren't they in some kind of, like boarding house for ladies at some point in time i don't remember no i don't know there was there was something and they have this little like if you know who to ask you can find a place oh yeah with your lady friends yeah anyway so they get drunk and go home in a carriage very late very late and lucy's sort of like sleeping in the carriage and bonnet is like askew and she's got like some tumbles of hair you know you guys know in england times yeah when that one tendril of hair comes down That's when you know it's on. When that's right. One tendril of hair is like against the neck and the hero or heroine is fixated on it. That's when you know love's around the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Catherine finds this utterly enchanting. And so when she goes home, she decides that because she's been looking at uh, Lucy in all of her morning clothes. She's still in her like half morning clothes, which is like blacks and grays and dull lavenders and all the bullshit. So she's like, I'm going to make a shawl for Lucy that reflects her style and interests. I'm going to spend a lot of time on it and I'm going to take my time because A, it's a labor of love and B, it says Catherine wanted Lucy, but more than that, Catherine wanted Lucy to want her back. 
and Lucy wouldn't if she were still pining for the girl she'd lost. So Catherine let the days flow by like water while she put stitch after stitch after stitch, as though each one were mending a small rent in Lucy McKelney's heart. She's her heart back together. She knows she can like do things to be like overt and like, hey, I'm into this and you want to like do kisses with me and stuff like like she knows that there are things that she could do because she already is certain about this thing about Lucy. Yes. But she's very nervous that because like she's the rich one and Lucy's living in her house and she's paying her for her work and she's publishing this book for her. That Lucy's going to feel obligated. Right. And Catherine also being 10 years older than Lucy is a little bit worried that Lucy would be like, okay, you know, so. Right. She wants to buy her dresses. You know, she thinks about just going out and sending her to her mar. Modiste. Yep. And (laughs) getting her those dresses. And then she's like, no, I don't want her to feel like a pet. I don't want her to feel like I'm lavishing these gifts on her in a way that I expect something back. Which I thought was very well. I kind of like if I'm Lucy, I just want those dresses. But like, I kind of get where Catherine's coming from. Yeah, I know. I was I was torn here because I was like, but dresses though. But, but dresses. Like, I, don't, I don't know what is hotter than somebody who's like checking their own power. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. But also oh. at the same time, like she does get those dresses in the end. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing fine. And she does it on her own goddamn steam. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll get there. So. And guess what? Lucy's into Catherine, too. <gasps> it ought what? to have been agonizing, living and working oh. close quarters alongside a woman so beautiful and yet so unattainable. But Lucy's heart, this, yeah. newly mended, you guys, it's already mended, was prepared to bask in any sensation that was not the sharp pain of loss. So oh. unrequited fascination for her benefactress came not as a trial, but rather as a pleasurable seasoning to any day's difficult work. And if the feeling occasionally stole her breath and her wits and kept her awake into the small hours of the night, well, nobody had to know. Really, Uh. it was much safer and more convenient than any actual love affair would have been. So Lucy's also kind of like, you know, on the not wanting to pursue it because she doesn't know if Catherine likes ladies. Yeah. How is she to know? She was married Uh. for forever. I can't imagine. Like, even, like, in the world today, I don't know how mm. you figure out if somebody else like l- likes ladies, let alone in England times. That's going to be so It can hard. be very confusing. Yeah. Okay. So, Catherine comes in, and she's really nervous, but she she presents her night sky shawl to Lucy. God. We find out that it is covered in goddamn comets. Oh, it says, <laughs> oh, man. We find oh. out that it's covered in goddamn comets. <laughs> <laughs> that's and what you starbursts. said <laughs> maybe i'll let you do a blurb stuff. for the cover of this book it's covering yeah. goddamn comets <laughs> melody <laughs> okay. so um it says this whole scene had been carefully painstakingly sewn one stitch at a time by lady moth's own talented hands Lucy's breath caught and she hoped her red cheeks could be mistaken for a grateful blush but all she could imagine was Lady Moth's hands going everywhere the shawl would, curving over Lucy's shoulders, tucked tight in the crook of her elbow, cupping the tender skin on the back of her neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you thought science was sexy, embroidery, also oh. sexy. <laughs> super, super sexy. 
and Lucy's like, how did you learn how to do this? And Lady Lady C is like, I got it from my mama. I'll show you her things. <laughs> so, Which is apparently a sampler book, which is a thing. Listen. I did not know about a sampler book. I haven't been reading England Times for very long. Like yeah. I've told you millions of times, I never started reading any England Times until we started this podcast. I didn't right. know about England Times embroidery sampler book. Is it paper? Yeah. Is it cloth? I think it's cloth. It's but sometimes cloth, the but cloth bound. is described as papery. Well, it's old AF. Oh, it's old. So it's dried cloth. out. Yeah, mm. it's the former Lady Moths. You know. Yeah. So moth. Okay, so they're looking through all this stuff, and then Lucy realizes this is where it like dings into place. That I think it's that Lucy realizes Aunt Kelmarsh had an affair specifically with Catherine's mom. Yes. Yeah. So I think she knew that Aunt Kelmarsh was into ladies but not mm-hmm. necessarily with Catherine's mom yeah and when she sees this embroidery of a snail shell a garden snail shell you guys that's when she realizes that they were lovers forever and then she realizes that her gorgeous companion might not be as unattainable as she thought so Lucy slowly reaches out a hand and she touches Catherine's jaw. And then Catherine does an in like us the smallest little lean into Lucy's touch. And then Lucy asks Catherine if she can kiss her. And then Catherine says, please. And she says, please on a sigh, you guys. Yeah. Like, you guys, it is, it's not like it's not like, please. It's like, please, please, <laughs> please. Oh, please. Very England. Mm -hmm. And then the kiss is soft and sweet and wonderful. And then it gets a little bit more heated a tiny bit. And they spend a while making out, but not too long. Because, like, dinner's going to happen. Or tea is going to happen. Tea. You guys, I just... One more. She wanted to sink her hands into the lady's hair and hold her in place and kiss her until the sun went dark and the moon went dim and the stars (gasps) blew out like spit wax candles. Oh, my god! I just get this writing. I know. I know. It's goddamn gorgeous with its goddamn comments and its goddamn spit wax candles. Goddamn comments. Okay. (laughs) But guess why they stopped kissing? Did you already say this? Because I was reading. It's the butler. Wait, the butler? Butler. The lady. Is it the butler? One of them. It's bringing tea. One of them comes in. They see him smooching, probably. No, they don't. Brink bores. No, they hear the. They hear the. I don't remember. Break they hear bills. the pitter pat of the of the break bills butler. It's not and, break uh, bills. So they no they they it's come a whole away different they, thing. No <laughs> Brinkworth, Brinkworth the yeah. butler. Yeah. No, they anyway. fix their hair. It's fine. It's fine. I I, I was sure that he'd seen them. Well, who knows? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, HBs. Melanie Edwards has a debut novel called Rocking Her Boat that you need. It's about Nina, a marine biologist who's working to save our oceans via her environmental nonprofit, and realizes she needs to revamp her personal life too. Enter Chelsea, a bad boy rocker she knew in high school who's making waves with his band. Their lives seem completely different, but romance sparks after a chance meeting. When Nina realizes that Chelsea is just as driven as she is, ooh ambition is sexy y'all pick up this book to find out if they can sustain their relationship after the infatuation phase when their differing dreams create obstacles oh man can you say competency boner find by links in the show notes
And then at dinner, you guys, at dinner, Catherine, God bless this is Catherine. Like, you guys, this is the this most is college move. This is the most freshman, like, do you want to see my speakers? They're in my dorm. Uh-huh. Uh, do you do you want to see my highlights reel from high school football? It's in yeah. my dorm. It's- um, did I tell you about when I arrived at college at 18? I had kissed, mm-hmm. I think, a total of two people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that do you want to watch a movie was code. Oh, no. I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I, well, especially when uh, it was this dude on my floor and he pulls out, uh, what is that movie where they just... They just like hit each other all the time. They prank each other and they're always getting hurt. It was really uh, popular in the 2000s. It was it a, with that is it a comedian guy. Movie or a real movie? No, it was a, a, a serial. It is Jackass. Jackass. Jackass the movie. All right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so he pulls out Jackass. Wow, your brain. I guess thinking, <laughs> thinking <laughs> that it's the, <laughs> the most romantic movie in the whole wide world. That yeah. is the movie that we watched. And then as soon as like roll credits, he just like leaned over and put his mouth on my mouth. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. that's what? I was, it was very jarring. Jackass didn't get in the mood? Uh, I mean, it, it didn't not work, but. Oh, it worked. Oh, it worked. <laughs> I mean, we made out for a minute. And then I was like, all right, uh, <laughs> I guess I got to go. I, um. In college, did have a man say, uh, do you want to see my speaker system? It's no. in my room. I don't think we were in a dorm. No, we weren't in a dorm. This was just like an upstairs. Uh-huh. This is a man, you know. This was just yeah, an yeah. upstairs. He's like, do you want to see my speaker system? system? <laughs> like, do I strike you? Like, I know what you mean. <laughs> but do I strike you as the kind of lady that wants to see your speaker system? Like, <laughs> what is it? Speakers? It yeah. seems like it's just speakers, and then there's a cord, and it hooks it to a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was, and we didn't look at him. <laughs> I don't even know why he offered. <laughs> well, All right. Catherine looks over at Lucy, and she's like, I mean, this worked on me. I got chills when she did it, so I don't know if Catherine's I just did too. I did, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I think she did chills because they're like grown-up ladies acting like children. I know. They're so cute. They're just fumbling. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. she looks at her and she's like do you want to see my embroidery sampler and there's like this pause and she's like i keep it in my bed chamber well, it's like, <laughs> first she says i keep it upstairs and then she pauses and then she goes <laughs> in my bedroom <laughs> if that wasn't enough i, I need to be very clear i keep no, it in Lucy. my vagina would you like to look at it <laughs> <laughs> and Lucy's like, hell yeah. Lucy's like, I would be honored. Oh, swoon. <laughs> okay, so they're looking through this. So they do actually look at the embroidery sampler because Lucy it is, is a, interested. It is a very good embroidery sampler. And she's interested in what Catherine is interested in because right. she's interested in Catherine. Everyone yes. take note. Yes. So they're looking through it and then all of a sudden they land on this. I didn't even know you could embroider portraits. I am so into this. <laughs> they land on this embroidered portrait of this hot, hot lady, the Countess of Italy. They also land on some colonization portraits that really like oh, yeah. dampened the mood. But then they, right. it was like, this is this is this lady from this tribe and we stole her whole culture and she's probably dead yeah. from diseases. Woof. But then, yeah. then there's a sexy one. Th- then, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Lucy's like, oh, man. Lucy goes, I assumed I was the first woman you ever kissed, she drawled. Was I? Catherine went full scarlet. 
You were, she said tartly, but I confess you weren't the first I wanted to kiss. So you are drawn to dark-haired, troublesome women, Lucy said, leaning closer. God help me, it seems I am. And then there was only one way to on. end such a conversation, and it is on, it's on TM. <laughs> I just hit my table. <laughs> we never described Catherine, but she's a blonde-headed person, and she Ooh. is also plump, I believe. She's voluptuous. Yeah. She's got a generous bosom. Mm-hmm. And okay, so the the cover was beautiful, but I do I do have a an issue with how thin You wish the that bosom was. was more generous on Catherine. Yeah, I want I never some... even looked. Is the age difference apparent in the no. cover? I don't know that if it I go would to the be, cover, though. I'm never gonna find my page again. Don't you That's dare just go a to fact. the cover. It's just a fact. Yeah. All right. So anyway, they make out like crazy. And then Catherine touches Lucy's bodice. And Lucy, like, shivers a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this is, like, the classic, like, gasp from sexiness. And then, like, yeah. the other one misinterprets it as gasp from scandalized. And then it's just, then it's off TM. Yeah, so Catherine panics. And it is so sweet because Lucy's, like, Catherine panics and she's like, oh, is it too fast for you? And Lucy, ever the intuitive, wonderful lover that she is, is like, no, it's certainly not too fast for me, but I think it might be too fast for you. Mm-hmm. And Catherine says she's not sure. And so Lucy, giving me the consent boner of a lifetime, is like, then we stop. Mm-hmm. And she and she does it like in the most comforting way. She's holding her hand and like stroking the back of her wrist or something delicious. Yeah, she's like the first lady I ever boned. All we did was like make out for like six months because I yeah. wasn't ready, and I'm willing to do that for you. And Catherine's like yeah. six months is not um, an that's yeah, scary thing. I think I need about three days, maybe forty eight hours. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, no. 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 Ah. Uh, so then the next night. Oh, oh, oh. And it's important that each of these nights that they're spending in each other's room, um, we didn't talk about this maid. Do we need to talk about this maid? Is this essential? It is. Okay. Oh, man. Can I have... Oh, wait. Before we do that, can I please read something? It's so good. No. Oh, God damn it. Yes, I can. No, of Here course we go. I don't mean no. I've never meant no. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see what it would be like. <laughs> okay. So... Catherine is not sure about this like easy reaction from her because the two people she slept with we find out were total toads and so she goes what hashtag a little bit of justice for BDSM guy because how could he have known just putting it out there you're right you're right hashtag justice for BDSM England times guy because it's not his fault that Catherine didn't say anything about her not enjoying the sex that he was giving her that's true she verbally consented out loud that's true yes okay don't you want to do more than kiss me? Lucy laughed again, and the sultry echo of it slid like warmed honey down Catherine's spine. Oh, if you wanted me to write out a list of my wants, it would be Christmas before I was through. Oh, I highlight that, too. I know. She slipped a thumb over the inside of Catherine's wrist. The Countess's pulse leapt to meet her fingers. But all those ideas depend on you wanting those things to, done to you or wanting to do things to me. Because it's not about you doing or me doing. It's what we do together. And then she just like gets her undressed like politely and gives mm-hmm. her like a chaste kiss and then says good night. And then you guys, the kink we found out about me, she tells her <laughs> to call her Catherine. The countess says, oh, don't right. call me guys, lady anymore. If you're one of the two l- new listeners to the podcast, <sighs> um, Melody has a kink where when Dukes <laughs> asks 
you to call them by their first name. Except oh, for man. there was one Duke that it didn't work for, but all the other ones yeah, she's that down. Duke can go fuck himself. <laughs> all the other ones. And yeah. apparently a countess. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't get it. Does nothing for me. I kind of like. I, oh. I kind of want to keep calling her Lady of Moth or whatever. That would. I mean, that would that probably works. be mine. In some like, no, I don't want to. Too. I want to continue to call you Duke of whatever. I know. So, uh, what was I gonna? Yeah. Say? So okay. So they have. Oh, the so main they spend thing. like a week. Yeah, but they but they spend a week doing all the stuff, and then they have yeah. some super good sex that you get yes. to watch, and it is wonderful. It is very good. Mm-hmm. They they kind of like throughout the week they kind of um graduate a to bit further higher levels of nakedness yeah yes. until they're totally naked the last day <gasps> and it's very very good oh but every night okay so the first thing is Lady of Ma the uh, Catherine notices that one of her maids is really good at embroidery and drawing uh-huh. stuff. So she's like, we should train her to be a lady's maid before the others, even the ones that are more experienced, because she's probably yeah. better at the domestic arts. And the head of the household is like, that's not a good idea because these other maids have been here longer and they're going to mm-hmm. get upset. And also the one that's good at embroidery is like the daughter of the butler. So they're going to think yeah. that it's nepotism and it's not a good idea. And Lady Catherine's like, well, I don't, I do things based on merit, not based on how, who's right. been here the longest and we're going to do it. So then the other maid, the one that was not promoted, is the yeah. one that goes in and, like, Narayan. takes off their dresses. What? Yeah. Narayan is Catherine's lady's maid. No- yeah. Narayan. Okay. I think that's how I said it. Yes. And she, every night, Catherine calls Lucy in to take off her dress and is mm-hmm. like, Narayan, I don't need you. And it's rough. So then the last yeah. night where they're like, they... Uh, had sex and all the orgasms and they're having a great time and they Lucy fall asleep and then they don't wake up forgets to go to back to her room and then they're in the bed totally naked their boobs are out in England times they and are the, what, what's boobs and twats everywhere well just boobs I think because there's like covers I just don't <laughs> ugh, ugh, melody um <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so, really well. <laughs> um, so Narayan so then, comes in in the morning and yeah, she sees, sees everything. And she's like, oh, oh, gotta go. I'll be back in like a little while. Oh. So then Lucy goes back to her room and she's like, hey, we didn't do, we're not doing anything wrong. We're okay. Like, we're fine. And so she goes back to her room. Narayan comes back a little bit later and she gets her ready for the day as she always does. And then they sort of chatted out and she's like, can I, can I ask you an impertinent question? You know, were you doing all of this just to hide the affair? Uh And she's like, yeah, completely. That's why I was doing this. I'm fucking ladies. And this poor woman, she has to basically breathe in and out of a paper bag. Yeah. She's so relieved because she thought she was getting fired, slowly getting fired. Yeah. Oh, and then missed opportunity here on both sides. Because Catherine's like, hey, do you make as much monies as your other contemporaries? And she's like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, in some ways, but in some ways not. And then she turns down a raise because a, a quote unquote good servant is supposed to be have discretion anyway. And I'm like, that's what the man tells you to keep you down. Take yeah. the money. Yeah, you know? take that money. Actually, you should probably blackmail her. Like work on blackmailing. Blackmail more. Yeah. yeah. Right? Or, yeah. or just take the money. And then also, Catherine, if she said no to the money, still give her the money. Also, apparently, Narayan yeah, sure. is a woman of color. 
And the girl yes. that she promoted is a white girl, so she also thought that was the reason. Yeah. Oh, Catherine, oh Catherine, that Catherine. that line, that beautiful line where she was like, "Yeah, I can't find it. I've been searching the entire complexion, time." I think. Yeah. I think. Um. Yeah. She says that that look they out told for me girls to watch especially. Out. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Especially if they have a fair complex a complexion or or a fairer complexion. Oh, it's so heartbreaking and beautiful. When I was looking for that line and I never found it, I did find mm-hmm. a line from the sex the <laughs> night before. Where did she, so Catherine gives a, a classic Highlander finger banging to yeah. Lucy first. It's an England Times one, but it looked it made her sing like a bagpipe, so I believe yeah. that it was a Highlander one. It was strikingly similar. <laughs> but then so Lucy's like, Wow, you're like pretty talented at that. Like, good uh-huh. job, Catherine. And she's like, I learned a thing or two in my 15 years of marriage about sex. And then Lucy starts to move to go down on Catherine. And Catherine's like, where are you going? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Where are you going? (laughs) Like, she literally says, where are you going? What is happening? And Lucy's like, oh, was this not uh, one of the things that you learned in your 15 years of marriage? I just thought that was the funniest thing. And then is it it funny or is it one of the biggest injustices you've ever read? It's England times melody. Who knows? (gasps) Who knows? Don't at us. I'm sure it was a big deal in England times. Everybody's going down on everybody. Don't at us. I'm sure it was all over the place and it was a huge injustice that George never went down. God damn George Sinday. Or however the fuck you say his name. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Okay. So now Lucy's new maid, the one that gets been getting trained up and she's good at the embroideries. She spangles up a a gown for her. Yes. And then she comes in and and Catherine really likes it. But then she's sort of like, oh, your former lover was really good at that embroidery stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you look great. And Lucy's like, oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 this no, is no. Eliza. Yeah. yeah. So then they go to this scientific lecture. It is a big deal. Um, they meet Mr. Frampton there and Mrs. Kelmarsh. And they find out after the lecture. Oh, they get totally snubbed by the polite society of scientists or whoever. The impolite society. <laughs> yeah. Those good joke, Aaron. <laughs> Sick burn, Aaron. <laughs> so they go to tea with Mr. Frampton afterwards, and they find out that the polite, the impolite society's translation is a goddamn travesty joke oh, right. town, yeah. and that Mr. Frampton quit because the legacy hire totally sucks, and. He refused to budge on some Newtonian things. Well, so. it's kind of important because he says <laughs> it he, is. So it's like he wants to use Newton's stuff for the Instead thing. Of this leprechaun and Frampton math. wanted to use the. Did Leap you say the leprechaun path? path? Listen, yes. It starts he with wanted the to go down the <laughs> leprechaun path, and then. But the point is that Wilby didn't want to do that kind of. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. And like the leprechaun to the Liebedichen math or whatever it is guys, that is a i just want to be clear math. to our irish listeners this has nothing to do with ireland i want you to understand to it. that it's not like there was an irish theory and an english theory no. and we're calling the irish theory the leprechaun theory no, that's it's, not it's a happening. word that looks like I, leprechaun it's yeah like I think the it's calamari party maybe yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> but he wanted to use this other thing as a uh foundation of maths and, and it's a european be, thing not a uk thing and so yeah, he's like will be how insistent Oh. Because Newton's in English. Blech. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so he's like, we have he to probably use did it to spite math. fucking Frampton because he's a San Dominique guy. I know. Ugh. Ugh. 
Ugh. Who knows? So anyway, Frampton quit. And now Wilby's the only one working on it. And apparently he's a disaster. So the whole shebang is falling apart over at the Impolite Society. But right. Lucy's just cooking along and making a great translation. That's right. And Lucy's like, we're also getting these snippets of her talking to Catherine about like verb conjugations and trying to get it right because mm -hmm. the original is so brilliant. She wants to do it justice while also expanding upon it so the layperson can understand. Like she's so passionate, you guys. Mm -hmm. So then Lucy takes Catherine to a painting exposition. Ex exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> painting expedition <laughs> also Catherine got like a little jealous because like Frampton and Lucy are like really hitting it off and they're being like science like, and there's like yeah they're science. like volleying Math. science words back and forth and then Catherine's right. like many young ladies find Mr. Frampton very handsome and Lucy oh like God. literally waves her hand and is like yes yes handsome but do you think he's wrong <laughs> do you think the science do you think the stars yeah uh anyways funny so then Catherine meanwhile is like should we go to this painting expedition Hibition. God damn it. Because, <laughs> because like you're gonna be introduce me to your brother, question mark? It doesn't super matter, but they go to the friendly philosophical philosophical society first. Oh, okay. Sure. And we sure, just want to sure. mention that there's a ladies friendly philosophical society that meets in the back of a bookstore and it's very cute and it's very good and they sit on oh. their little tuffets and they yeah. just what do you call them? The the what do you no, I'm just Ladies gonna, Who Lunch? They no. are awesome. What what was the what was the book we read by Anne Gracie that had like the name for the ladies who just like eat food and talk about books and men? I it was like muffins. No it was muffins. They're all muffins back there, and they all just like eat their little cakes. <laughs> that wasn't and they from the Anne Gracie books. book. Yeah, it was from the Anne Gracie book. Yeah, I'm, so I'm like I'm 100 sure of it. You're right. All right. Anyway, so then Catherine sees Lucy talking to this big. Um, this big dude and she's like huh what's going on with that big dude and then her brother is like I'm thinking there might there might be getting married someday that big dude and my sister and Catherine's like oh gosh she grew up with him yeah and so they look at but meanwhile paintings. they're chatting over there about the fact that he is her bro uh, Harkin broke <laughs> is what I tried to say Harkin just now. broke I don't know Harkin why broke? Listen, guys. Okay, so there's this guy know. there, Mr. What's Violet. Yeah, he's Peter Violet. I'm having the same problem if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Mr. Violet, he's a childhood friend of Lucy's, and her brother had always thought that they would eventually get married. Turns out he's super duper gay, and yeah. really, and they he wants to be over with that. this other guy who just dumped him, who's also a painter. Oh, so they're yeah. over there looking at his paintings, and she's like, wow, you're so talented. And he's like, yeah, I'm super gay and i love this guy and i it sucks and she's like me too i'm super gay and i love this lady and it sucks even that is super poetic because he talks about this red in the middle of his painting being oh like God, i'm so glad little, that you want you saw it today because the red's gonna fade and she's like why would you use that color if it's gonna fade and he's like because it's, it's the right it's color the right red it was the only and then as use. he's talking yeah as he's talking about it's a metaphor you guys she looks over at him and she goes the red will fade your heartbreak will fade. Uh -huh. Oh my god! It's metaphors. Oh, so uh. anyway, Catherine like tries to go away because she's worried about her relationship with Lucy, and she's like, Catherine has come out of like a very long emotionally abusive relationship, yes. so she's very insecure about this thing that is good because. Mm -hmm. When this all started, she was really excited about the fact that they wouldn't be able to have any permanent relationship mm -hmm. like a marriage. 
because her last marriage went so badly that she mm-hmm. she just can't even fathom it. And now, since she likes Lucy so much, she's sort of lamenting the fact that they can't have any sort of permanent legal arrangement. Right. Also, while at the art gallery, Mr. Frampton invents the computer. That's I right. don't want to talk anymore about it, but he does. Nope, he I just, don't want to do that. They just throw in that Frampton invented the computer. <laughs> at- yeah. You guys. Kind of like yeah. What's-His-Face invented triage. They just threw in. He, invent- he invented mm. computers. Mm-hmm. Did it. So then Done. she also, Catherine Checked runs the into the printer, the imprinter, and they talk oh, about yes. how they could get things printed. Mm-hmm. And they also talk about how what she's doing is not actually art because she's just an engraver. She does yeah. reproductions of things. And then she's like, it's not art. And Catherine's like, are you kidding me? That's totally art. And yet every time, spoiler alert, Lucy tries to convince Catherine that she is an artist of silks and skeins. Catherine's like, no, I am not. That's not art. Anyway. Yeah. And it's so beautiful on the way home. They're talking about that. And Lucy says, well, you make art. Your embroidery is art. And Catherine's like, no, it's not. No one accepts my embroidery as art. And like, you know, having this conversation. And Lucy's like excited. And she's like, why can't you try to change those parameters? Why Uh, can't you try to persuade them that embroidery could be counted as art on its own merits? And Catherine just like is at her wit's end. And she's like, because I am tired, Catherine cried. She could hear the burn of unshed tears in her own voice as the words tore themselves from her throat. Mm. I am tired of twisting myself into painful shapes for the mere scraps of respect or consideration. Tired of bending this way and that in search of approval that will only ever be half granted. I <sighs> have that exact thing highlighted. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired too. Oh. <laughs> I'm tired too, you guys. Injustice. Uh, and it's not even England times anymore. No, it's not. It's it's all the times. <laughs> then. Oh, she's like, hey, Mr. Violet's super gay. Nothing to worry about yeah. there. Yeah. And then Lucy says, um, so Catherine's like, I'm afraid of losing you. And Lucy says, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the house and they have a little bit of sex to seal the deal. Mm-hmm. And Catherine gives her that traditional countess finger banging that we all know and love. Is that what we're calling it now? I think so. I think okay, it's good, good. appropriate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then Lucy's like, "I now you. And she's like, no, later, no, later. Because uh-huh. she's a giving lover, that Catherine. Yes. Um. So okay. then they go to that print shop and they work out a deal that they will print whenever uh, Lucy gets done with the book. They're going to print the book. Um. It's a delightful little chapter, but not a lot of it plot is. happens for, there. For only these reasons. One. Lucy gets an extra hard competence boner again because yeah, watching Catherine in the business yeah. world is just super hot. Two, Catherine also stipulates that because she's going to be putting up all the money that there's going to be a higher return for the author. But she doesn't say that she's going to accept the higher return. She negotiates the higher return for Lucy. So Lucy's going to make any monies that come off of this book. Totally. Also, Lucy gets Prussian blue all over her. And, like, Prussian blue is, like, so interesting as, like, a paint color and also, like, for its medicinal uses. And, like, you need it for an antidote when you get rat poison. Did you know about this? No. Yeah. If you get rat poison, bing, boom, bong, law and order with Aaron. Here we are. Bird chirp. If you get rat (laughs) poisoned, you need Prussian blue to be your antidote. And they only have it in, like, very few places in the world because, like, so few people get rat poisoned. And is that like they an, have it, is it an ink or a powder? What are we talking about here? 
I don't know or understand, but they <laughs> used to make the paint out of Prussian blue, whatever it is. Hmm. So that's why it's called that. But like, it's not anymore. Now it's just a color. But it used to be actually made out of the substance. And it's very Whoa. rare. And it's stockpiled in very few places in the U.S. in case there's like some kind of a mass poisoning event. That's Isn't that cool. crazy? So it's like a rush to get the Prussian blue. I saw it on Dateline one time. So what you're telling me is that if I ever get rat poisoning, I'm going to be pooping blue for a while. It's good to no, know. No, that's like, that's opposite. <laughs> that's, no, it's the antidote. I no, I'm, no, I'm saying you're I fucked if you get a rat poison. Oh. Yeah, because they can only, they, it's very expensive and it's very far. Shoot. Yeah. It was a whole episode of Dateline. It was very interesting. Okay. Anyway. All right. Bing, boom, bong. Prussian blue. It's all over her arm now. Yeah. Spilled and, it. And well... And so she goes back to her ladies maid and she's been getting hints that this new trained up ladies maid is like having a very hard time in the household. And then she starts thinking like, man, the household has kind of gone to shit since this girl got promoted. And then she finds out that the girl likes drawing more than she actually likes embroidery. Mm-hmm. So she goes and she talks to Catherine and she's like, hey, when we were at the print shop, I found out that they need another apprentice for engraving. I think Eliza would be a much better fit there. We should do that. Mm-hmm. And she agrees, but only because Catherine takes it as like, of course, she doesn't want to do embroidery because it's so pedestrian and worthless, just like me. Yeah. And so she agrees to let the ladies maid go do art stuff because, of course, she wouldn't want to do embroidery stuff. Yeah. Oh. Awful. Man, I can't wait for the arc when Catherine, you know, gets her confidence and realizes how much she's it's worthwhile. coming around it the corner. I mean, we're like an hour and a yeah. half in, so we've got to move fast. So it's going to be quick. Oh, balls. All right. So then Lucy gets a letter from Mr. Hawley, the president Ugh. of the society that like scooped, all, pushed all our papers on the floor. Remember him? The most impolite one. Yeah. So she goes to his greenhouse. He's feeding his Venus fly traps. I can really imagine this in a movie, like him yeah. like cutting his little mealworms and like putting them in the traps and like it's yeah, gross. and like making her wait in the sweat balls heat when he could just be I don't know on time for tea. Fucker. Yeah, and he tells her that he knew the whole time mm-hmm. that she was this smart and that she was doing all the astronomy math for her dad mm-hmm. um, because he knew that the dad wasn't writing back so it must have been her he's known mm-hmm. the whole time and she's like yep. well then why did you fuck me over so bad in front of all those people and she's like well i knew he says like i knew that the society wouldn't accept accept you which is like so shitty ridiculous and so she says Oh, so you shut me out for my own protection? And he's like precisely nodding and smiling. Oof. Uh, so basically, during this whole interaction, he asks her to do to come onto the team, do all of the work for no Will for no money. Yeah, because Wilby's doing nothing. So she's like, yeah, he he wants her to fix Wilby's translation, and he wants her to do that for no share in the profits, no official credit, and no fellowship as part of the polite society of scientists or whatever. Yeah, and she, oh, it is one of the best takedowns I have read in an England Times book. It's she very good. Cuts him to smithereens verbally. Yes, and it's lovely. She's like, why would I stop my current translation to go back and fix your guy's translation? You're going to put his name on the cover of the book, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I did think that. Yeah. She's like, oh, and he's going to get all the profits, right? Like, I already know where this is going. Right. And 
she says it's quite impossible for him for her to take his offer. That's right. Well, especially oh. I, I love the line where she goes, so his failure gets more credit or something oh, than my yeah. success. And oh. then he shit talks Catherine because he's like, yeah. she's like, listen, Catherine's paying me. We have a publisher. There's no way I would take this shitty deal. And he's like, listen, just so you know, I was friends with George, her husband. And he pretty much had to go on his hands and knees every day begging her Bullshit. for money for his science uh, because she's such a bitch. Um, he doesn't say bitch because it's England. He but, calls her capricious and uh-huh. a bunch of other things that are. Yeah. And those are the words for bitch in England times. That's the one. And all this makes Lucy understand is, oh, George must have married her for her money And then when she wanted to have any control over what she was spending her money on, he must have lost his shit on her all the time. Because she's been seeing these, like, little indicators of the abusive relationship Mm -hmm. um, throughout. Great chapter. So, she goes home and tells Catherine all about it. And Catherine's like, oh, man, he should have really offered you the money so that, like, at least it was a choice. And Lucy sits down and takes her hands in the way that only Lucy can. Oh, And Lucy's like, it's not about the money or it's not just about the money. It still wouldn't have been a choice because he tossed my papers on the floor when you gave me space and a place, free reign to just like go where my mind would take me. You knew that I would be good at this. It's so good. And then Catherine tells her that she loves her. Yes. It's one of those things where they're like bickering and like Catherine's trying to say it and like it's too long to read. But it, Catherine has to blurt out, like, I'm trying to tell you that I love you, and you're not letting me. And then, then she's like, now you have to say it back. And Lucy's like, I love you, too. It's very cute. It's so um, good. Okay, so they exchange I love yous, and then Catherine says, loving someone should be the start of something. And Lucy's like, what are we starting? She's like, not a marriage. And then Catherine says, something better, something that belongs to us. And then the chapter ends with Lucy thinking that she could almost believe her. Mm-hmm. And then Lucy's done with the book. Book is published. She's sending it. She's sure it's terrible. She's sure it's full of rotten and clumsy substitutions and inelegant phrases. And it's bad. But she's just got to let it loose. Yeah. Meanwhile, my notes are book is published. Huge success. I'm crying. Money. Dresses. <laughs> well, so they so the the book club that meets in the back of that the friendly polite mm-hmm. the friendly whatever society of ladies on their puppets, society of awesomes they're gonna discuss it so they've put this book out in the world and then they have been waiting for the meeting of them to like yeah kind of uh soften the blow if it's bad and like you know talk right. about it amongst friends who read it none of those ladies could fucking get the book because it was so fucking popular well wait so as soon as they were like we couldn't get the book i was like what did mr holly do how did he bar the book from getting into bookstores it's not that you guys it's because so many people have i was sure of it i did not have that thought because i am so confident in lucy and like what she can do and like i knew it i knew it it has nothing to do with my confidence in lucy how dare you sounds like you thought that no one bought her book no it sounds like i thought the man was trying to (laughs) keep her down once again Anyway, so these ladies, there's a really cute little moment where they had to all share the same book and one of them oh wrote gosh. notes in the margins and then mm-hmm. the other one erased all her notes because she <laughs> thought it was so despicable that she wrote notes in a brand new book. <laughs> it's very romance land, yeah. It's okay. really cute. All right, moving on. So then with the monies that got to Lucy and only Lucy, 
she's like, I don't have to wear any morning clothes anymore. So they go and they get dresses together. And Catherine shows her a bunch of her own designs because she's like, would you let me embroider one of them as a, she's like, as a gift to you? Yes, Catherine. Yeah. Like, how could I That's not? That's not even a question. Yeah. How did you ask? Get that needle yeah. going. So then Stephen, so then they're walking around after going to the Modiste and they see this weird painting in a shop. So they, they go over to the window and Lucy realizes it is a painting of her. Kind of. Yeah. Well, it's her face. Yeah. Right? It's her likeness, but it is not her. She's in this like wispy, willowy gown, and she's got a lit lantern by her side, and she's not even looking through the telescope, and like there's a ghost of her dad involved. It's like a whole thing. And she realizes that Stephen tried to ride her coattails. Her brother. Yeah, by painting a quasi-likeness of her in the worst way possible, and he names it... L. McKelney or whatever, like Lucy McKelney, he outs her as a lady, you guys. Yeah, she had used her initials so that no one would know she was a lady, but now everybody well, knows. She used her initials in because she didn't want the stigma of being a lady to get in the way of somebody else's work. Sure. Because yeah, in yeah, her yeah. mind, she's like, she's I just could the sabotage myself. Yes. And there's all these like errors, like the stars are wrong in it, and like yeah. it's just not good. And yeah. he's like beautied her up and like made her boobs bigger and like her face rounder. So gross. Yeah. Yeah. And so people are awful. They're like, I feel deceived now. Like everybody that was was lauding the accomplishment is like, oh, it gets ter- terrible and tainted now because vaginas were involved. Yeah. And there's like a there's like a nasty cartoon that's going around where instead of staring yeah. at the stars, she's staring at the stars that are like boobs. They're like yeah. boob stars. Like, is that a thing yeah. on she's gay or is that like just like I what is no idea? I could not. Fa- I was like, wait, how did I know? Yeah. Did I was Break like, did they the butler say something like, <clears throat> but yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like, haha, ladies. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Where ladies can only should only think about lady things like boobs, Ugh. like boobs. Like we think about I, our own I boobs. I think oh, no. about my boobs. Well, all jokes the time. on them because Lucy is thinking about boobs a lot That's of the right. time. It turns out they're hot, hot. They are generous <laughs> bosoms. So they go to the country. Yeah, they go to her house. She takes the countess to her humble abode, and while they're there, they run in to Pris and Harry uh, on uh, the shore. You uh. guys. So that's fine. They're, he invites them over for dinner. They don't go the first time, but they do take his invitation the second time. It goes pretty well. I don't remember anything. Oh, my gosh. Anything. There's this whole fossil metaphor that is the most beautiful thing I've ever read out loud. There's a great fossil. You should just read a, it. Just a slamming fossil metaphor that you guys are getting. <laughs> Check it out. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, nothing really happens. Everybody's, yeah. like, really polite and stuff. That's not true. Okay, so first of all... With the fossil it. metaphor. Just call me a liar to my face. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it real here, all right? <laughs> I guess. So Catherine's feeling weird about it because Priscilla's really pretty and like it's the first time Lucy's seen her or whatever. And Lucy does the whole, you know, she tells her that loving her is totally different. And then while they're at dinner with what's his nuts, Catherine finds out that Harry knows about Priscilla and Lucy. Mm-hmm. And he loves Priscilla anyway. Mm-hmm. and so that's that's one thing also i just have to read this one section because 
This is also where Lucy gets Catherine to agree to do an embroidery pattern book. Mm-hmm. And so Catherine's like, oh, my God, I could do this like scientific botanical pattern situation. And then Lucy goes, all it took to convince you was a kiss or two. Lucy's gaze was rich with satisfaction, almost smug and an edge of hunger still waiting to be sated. Imagine what I could do with a whole night. I'll bet I'll have you calling yourself an artist by dawn. She flicked a hot tongue against Catherine's earlobe. Never. But Catherine made a throaty, wordless sound of pleasure and arched her neck. Stop it with your throaty sound. That was my throaty sound. (laughs) That was my throaty sound of pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it was? Sorry, it was like that. Yeah. Then they do some telescope stuff on the outside. We've got to go. We gotta yeah, be faster. I know. We've got to they be do faster. some telescope stuff. They do but some telescope sex after in that the outside. Hot, hot, yeah, after that hot, hot telescopery. Uh huh. After the astronomies, Catherine decides to be bold, mm-hmm. and she goes, "You've been giving me instructions all evening." She purred against Lucy's ear. You're going to continue instructing me. You'll tell me where to touch, how fast, how slow, how long, and when you want more. Melody. Her, she grazed her teeth. Erin, we she do not have her teeth. We do. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, wait, she just one looking? more line. Just one more line. So then where were they? she goes, and if I like the manner of your asking, I'll do every single thing until you're too well fucked to ask for anything yeah, she else. did say fuck it was oh nice my god but oh i also god. like that lucy asked her to like tear off her dress and she was like oh no 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 yeah, you will unbutton you? the buttons and carefully thank you um which i really identified it's a with very Aaron moment yes <laughs> <laughs> and be careful so then they have that good sex you yeah. know oh boy Okay, and then their pillow talk is also wonderful. They mm-hmm. sort of bicker back and forth about like flashes of inspiration and the fact that art requires it, but science does too. And Catherine reminds Lucy that she was her muse to expand the text and it's a whole thing. And then she's like, and then Lucy's like, well, I want to do that so that maybe I could set you free and you could like science and do your own thing. And then Catherine says, that she's going to try to think about herself as an artist for a while. And she says, so you see, you did set me free after all. It's beautiful. Listen, the next thing that happens <laughs> is Stephen, the brother, he comes, he apologizes mm. to her. He's so sorry. He didn't. He's sorry. Listen, we forgive him. It's fine. He does a lot of. Listen, we do not have time for Stephen. He's <laughs> yeah, sorry and, and we forgive him. So no, then, and he wait, and he's also a little bit worried about the patronage situation. He is because the controls. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't we matter. Know that they fucking. So then, it doesn't matter. Chris, <laughs> the ex girlfriend, she writes a letter too. To she sends a letter. Yeah, and Catherine this Dick opens it because she's worried. At first, it's an accident, right? Kind because of. She's been going through her but mail. She reads for- it. Which is one of the things that her husband did to her. Yeah, but she also got Lucy's consent because she didn't want to get hate mail. Listen, it was that I'm all they- for Catherine, but I'm saying she did this. So then she reads it. But then she reads it. That's that's my issue. Yeah. She opened it. That's one thing. But then she read it. Like, We're Catherine. on the same page, Mel. So Can't then she reads that. it. And she's like, <laughs> it's a letter from Pris. And Pris wants to come over for tea and hang out. And she's like, it's just been too long. Just like to come over for tea sometime. I'm going to be in the city. Like, uh-huh. we just haven't visited. So Catherine's like, 
devastated because she thinks that right. Chris and Lucy are going to hook up again, but she also can't really fault Chris. Like, Chris didn't do anything yeah. that was, like, super bad or anything. So then Lucy reads it and she's like, oh, this bitch, how dare she? And she and it flips out, the table. She flips yeah. the fucking table. And she's well, like... Metaphorically. She wads it up and throws it, which is England That's Times also flips that. a table. And That's what I'm saying. apparently there's a code in there that says, I still love you from Chris. <laughs> the first line of every letter. So then Lucy's really mad, but she's like, I need to, I need to talk to her. And Catherine's, and Catherine's like, oh like not in my house. Yeah, not in my house. And she's like, I need to use your house because it's like a private conversation amongst lesbians in England. And then Catherine's like, like, we cannot do this outside. And she's like, yeah, right. I get she's it. She's like, God damn it, you're right. Fine. Okay, fine. I'm going to go to the printer and talk to them about maybe doing some of my embroidery things. I will so, make myself scarce. Yes. But then she retires early, you guys, because she's, quote unquote, not feeling well. Yeah. Mm. Oof. She's so There's something worried like, about this. Lucy could have been clear with Catherine that she's about to tell Pris to fuck off. Or at least that they're going to come to some kind of understanding where she... D- Catherine believes but, that Lucy and Pris are about to get back together. Yeah, but listen to me. If you were in Lucy's shoes, you see this letter from an ex-lover, you wad it up in England Times and throw it across an England Times ballroom. You metaphorically mm-hmm. flip a table. You don't think she understands that you're on the same page? Like, you don't think she knows that you are Maybe. upset I don't know. about this? These and ladies you are not... just have a lot of confidence problems. They do. So then, so Catherine basically goes to the print shop and they love all her designs. Oh. They love all her embroidery. They love all her, like, designs for dresses. They want to sell her dresses. They call it genius. 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 She's crazy flattered and so excited. Yeah. Back at the house. Pris comes over for tea. This bitch. Pris spoilers spoilers uh from the beginning of the podcast everybody pris is a bitch she wants to get back together and she doesn't even want to like say yeah, sorry. she's like oh you can be my affair and i assumed that you knew that like i was just gonna marry this guy and then we were still gonna be together and lucy's I'm like, like all oh, you had no. to do was keep a cool head how yeah, dare you? you never said that to me and also like no not now because i'm in love with somebody else who's better yeah and, <gasps> and then, then pris comes for Catherine's jugular. She's like, oh, you don't think that I see that she's a dried up husk version of me? Oh, yeah. And then Lucy's like real mad about that. And then Pris is like, oh, and also are her titties as firm as mine? I don't yeah. remember what Pris says. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was not part of, of that. But she does say this whole thing of like, oh, she had a husband and I'm sure that spreading her legs was a chore <gasps> for him. And I'm sure oh. she she says that she's pretty sure Catherine doesn't masturbate, which is like a real weird accusation and like probably Yeah, she false. calls her like frigid and... Un- yes. And so and, like, basically... Passionless? How dare she? Oh, we forgot to say that Break Bills the Butler, what? which is not his name, puts yes. them in the... <laughs> the coldest room in the house yeah because he clearly knows what's going on between lucy and Catherine, and believes that lucy might be betraying Catherine in her own uh-huh. house boy does he butler the shit out of her yeah. you know and then they have this very loud argument so as their argument is getting louder and louder lucy's like oh my god i'm falling into old habits like i don't have to engage with this i am better yeah. than this now i didn't just come here to run away from you priscilla i've been building something <gasps> priscilla says she calls it her little book. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you get the fuck out. And so that's what fuck Lucy does. Priscilla. She walks to the door and she opens it and she's like, good day, madam. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. And then she's super excited because the butler has been lurking outside like butlers do. Mm-hmm. And he's like all ready with her coat and bonnet and gloves and everything else. And a warm drink oh. for Lucy because she's like, hey, yeah. after Lady Catherine got yelled at by her husband, she always liked to have like a warm lemon brandy drink. Yum. Yeah. Where do I get a butler? <laughs> right? I want I mean, the recipe. Somebody standing there with drink. a warm lemon brandy drink every time I am upset. That's what I want. I know. I won't even make him wear a cummerbund. No. I won't. Just be there. Just he stand there. You can be a casual butler. Just stand there. You know? And also escort yeah. out people of my home that I want to leave. That is That's well. right. And also probably Good everything day, else butlers madam. do. Probably sure. all the duties. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it's nice. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Next thing that happens is the article, is it not? No, madam. Catherine comes home and enters the library. Aaron, they break up. This is important. Oh, yeah. They break up. Both of their confidences is real low. They break up. Guys. And so they sort of like accidentally break up with each other. Lucy thinks that Catherine wants her to leave. Catherine thinks that she's like clipping Lucy's wings. It's this whole terrible situation. Big misunderstanding. They basically agree by the end of it that Lucy's going to move out. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So then Lucy's like, I have to get out of this house. She already had a date, a bro date with Mr. Frampton to go to a society science chemical lecture. And so. <laughs> so while she's there, she finds out that will be the asshole. Yeah, because people are giving her all the dirty looks and snickering yeah. and stuff. He wrote an article that was basically like, there's evidence that Lucy did not write the translation. Really, she found a translation Yay. that her dad had already written. How dare you, you nepotism. You nepotist. As if he's not capitalizing on the work of his uncle. Anyways, yeah. so he calls her an imposter. And so Lucy's like, oh, my God, my life is over. Yeah, mm-hmm. because this is going to be a dark cloud. Whatever I do in the future, sciences. this article will be out there, especially now the the nephew's a full fellow in the society. Yeah. So a society she fellow, doesn't have access to because it's oh impolite. It's horrible. So oh. then Frampton. So Mr. Frampton. The hero. Grabs her and he's like, hey, Lucy, you okay? Like, you all right? I have uh-huh. this idea. Because the whole time Mr. Frampton's been like, hey, Lucy, you should send your text to Oleron. Uh Like, you should include this person. You should do this. And she Uh wouldn't do it. So he's like, I took it upon myself and I sent your translation to Oleron. And then we started started a correspondence. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring Oleron here to have the two of you debate. And that will show everybody at the society that you are for real. And Mm -hmm. also, I think I know a secret about Oleron and I think it will benefit you. And Lucy's like, what is that secret? And Frampton's like, I'm not telling you that secret. And then also, meanwhile, I don't remember when it happened, but Lucy had this revelation about all of these different women that were helping men do (gasps) I know what happened. So she goes home and Catherine hears her clanking around in the library late into the night. Yeah, she's on the the ladder like Belle. Yeah, and and Catherine is standing at the door trying to figure out the mood of the person behind it. And she's like, I'm in the same situation. Oh, this person is in a bad mood and like, the person clang, no bang, longer loves blum, me. Blum, blum, books. But it's just like her husband because yeah, she yeah, thinks yeah. That Lucy doesn't love her anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I know, I know. She goes in and Lucy's like, the injustice. And she's like, she finds all of these, these initial letters of authors in decades of this impolite fucking society. All ladies, ladies who have been doing the science and the men have been taking credit. 
And then one, one of, of them, them is Mr. Holly's sister. And she really the discovered sister. the goddamn comet, right? Yeah. That's I think it was a one. comet. She's the one that discovered the goddamn comet in this book. Yeah. And then Holly took all the credit and she finds a letter that was written by the sister that Holly published as if it was his own. Uh-huh. Asking, it's I think horrendous. asking to be in the society. And to then be he published in the society. It, like she, he wrote it, but really she wrote it. She wanted to be in the society and then he didn't endorse her to be in it. How dare. The worst. The injustice of the whole world upon women's. All right, go ahead, Aaron. So then they get back together. They make out. They're back together now. Yeah. Because, oh, because because huh, because Catherine says they thought that they were satellites uh, orbiting each other and but like they couldn't really orbit the same the bodies. Thing. The but instead, bodies they're they two the, stars the, and, and the, the stars, magnetism drawn to each other they're because the gravity. Fixed. They're yeah, so and they're big. on different paths, but they can be they're right s- next to each other yeah. forever. Yeah. That's the one. That's yeah. so there. Okay, mm-hmm. so then she goes <laughs> to the meet. So they got Oleron is coming <laughs> to the thing. And they're going to make Oleron a fellow, a foreign, special foreign fellow, so that yeah. there's a link to the thing so that there can mm-hmm. be a presentation. So then they go to the night where Lucy's going, and also Lucy wears a dress that is just fantastic, and it's made by Catherine. Yeah. And she wears it to the society meeting where she's going to debate Oleron. And guess what, motherfuckers? <gasps> Oleron, a lady, and not only a lady, but a lady of color. And when Holy Mr. Holly shit. finds out... He loses his shit, and so does and everybody crying. else in the and room. And I'm crying. So and then I'm crying. they have this dinner, and Mr. Wilby is at the dinner. So they don't know. Mr. Holly knows, but no one else yeah. knows right now. So mm-hmm. all these guys are waiting for Oleron to, like, come in and stand up, and they're at the dinner. And Wilby turns to Lucy and says, hey, is the food always so good at these? Oh, I'm sorry. You've never been to one of these before that and never will. Fucker. Yeah. <gasps> and I forget. He says, like, tonight's a special night or something. And Lucy asks why or something like that. And he's like, well, we've never had attendance by an imposter before, referring to her. Uh-huh. And she laughs and says, of course you have. Yeah. Which I thought was a real burner line. So then they're like, everybody welcome. Oh, M. Oleron. And then this lady in a turban this stands up in front of everybody she's got like a glitter gown she looks fantastic so they do their little debate and her brain is amazing yeah they've got great brains you guys like oran says that she found an error in lucy's work and lucy asked her some questions about it and we find out that oran actually found an error in her work because of lucy's translation because she wasn't clear enough in her work and they just their brains Mishmel. Well, and Oleron's like, what would you do if, if you did find out about the mistake? An and this is like, of course I would, I would reprint my book. my book. And they're just like, I love your brain. I love your brain. So then Mr. Holly comes up and he's like, afterwards, yeah. you know. And it's not like, guys, it's not like everybody like gives roaring standing ovation no. at the end of this and is like, we accept women. We're glad they're here. It's not like no. that. But it is at least a small victory for Lucy. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Holly comes up to her afterwards and says, it seems like I owe you an apology. And Lucy's like, <laughs> uh, how about you apologize to your fucking sister? How about that? Yeah, you And fucker. Holly's like, well, how did you, how did you know? And she's like, because I read a letter because you published it. That's how I know. Because you published yeah. it. Yeah. And she wanted to be in the polite society. Yeah. And you were impolite about so it. So now that we have a lady member, um, how about you endorse Why your sister? You and he's like, yeah, okay, I guess I will. Uh. And then they go home or whatever. Yeah. And Catherine's like, hey, I've been thinking about 
One of the things where they broke up was Catherine was like, we can think of an arrangement where I can give you a stipend and we can share finances. It would be like a marriage. And yeah, Lucy she was wants, very offended yeah. by that. Lucy shouted, I don't want to be dependent on you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure break bills hurt her. Well, not to mention that it made it made Catherine just like curl up into herself because yes. that's what her husband would do. He would shout and then yeah. punish her for weeks. It was rough, you guys. Over money. So, Catherine's like, I've got this idea. I sent letters to all of those lady initial ladies, all those scientists that yeah. were overshadowed. And I'm starting to get responses. Who's married? Who has kids? Who's where? Who's working on what? Mm-hmm. And I've decided that I want to set up a fund that would be run by me and you. And it would be a fund for ladies who are passionate about sciences and arts and would fund them <gasps> to do their work, whatever they wanted their work to be. Not the work of the men next to them. That's right. But their work. And let them do free reign like she did for Lucy. Yeah. And Lucy's like, wow, you really got to think about that because that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a big undertaking. Uh And Catherine's like, yeah, it'll probably take us the rest of our lives and we'll have to work (gasps) really closely together and probably like (gasps) maybe live in the same house and probably like (gasps) share all our finances with each other and probably like (gasps) smooch all the time and have sex. (gasps) And be (laughs) ladies who love each other and, and pretty much wives and partners. Yeah, and then yeah. Lucy goes, all right, so where do we start? Oh, <gasps> so good. And that's the end. The end. And that's the end. It only end. took us two hours. Oh, <sighs> worth it. Oh, my gosh. This swoony book, Aaron. It was a good one. This swooniness. All right. Do you have lady love? I'm going to steal one from somebody else. So mm-hmm. I got approached by a pal to see if I wanted to like have coffee or lunch or something like that because she was essentially driving through the state and she wanted to make a stop off. And so I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. Like, I'll, I'll make it work. We can make it happen. So we were having lunch today and she described to me this absolutely wonderful thing she's doing where she's calling it her friendship vacation. She had like a couple of different things that sort of popped up. Um, Like she's going with her mom to the Hamilton tour in a place that is not where they live. Mm -hmm. So she just decided to take the whole week off and like drive around the tri-state area visiting friends and doing fun things. And we were chatting about it. And I love a lady vacation Mm -hmm. like more than I think anything else I think I like it more than like traveling with a romantic partner Mm -hmm. I just love it so yeah if you can get yourself a friendship vacation happening you know I'm not doing it currently but damn does it sound awesome yeah that sounds and I've certainly done it in the past yeah I'm just going to co-sign because I'm going on a lady vacation this weekend I took a cabin (gasps) with my book club right book clubs retreat cabin times only i keep calling it a cabin but i said to david that i'd meet him on the way back from the cabin and we could go do something um that's kind of between where we live and the cabin and he was like ew no won't you be gross (laughs) and i was like no i won't be gross and he's like won't you be dirty from the cabin for two days i was like oh no no it's just like a wood house (laughs) cabin means something different in alaska it does it's like no i don't want to hang out with you you'll be gross <laughs> no 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 sorry <laughs> anyway yeah we're renting a house it's gonna be great oh that's so exciting the description of the house said that it was really nice but it was a little bit too noisy because it's so close to all the nightlife and we were like whoop whoop ladies yep. <laughs> yeah so here you go Yay. Oh, sign lady v hey 
Lady Vacation. Yeah. Oh, do you know where they can find us? Yeah, I do. On Twitter, it's at heaving underscore bosoms. On Instagram, it's at heaving bosoms. On Facebook, it's the Heaving Bosoms Podcast. Uh, we also have the Heaving Bosoms Podcast Geriatric Friendship Cult, which is our closed group, and it is so happy and wonderful in there. Then we have our website. That is heavingbosomspodcast.com. Almost updated. Yeah. And we have our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. That's where you can get a metric fuck ton of bonus content and gifts and other fun things. We have merch on Redbubble that is totally amazing. And uh, I think that's all the places. And also we're about, we're a little over halfway through the year. If you go to the website, that's where you can find the HB Reading Embrace, which is our year long reading not challenge but embrace that's right okay keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love a goddamn comet (laughs) is that it (laughs) thanks for joining us on the big ol' romance read yeah and check out the wicked wallflowers club is also releasing their episode on it i know that for a fact posers (laughs) 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 what if we got mad at everybody else's during this book this book we're like um uh, dare you we just did that book (laughs) (laughs) it's the slytherin in me (laughs) all right okay love you love you bye bye Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.